0: Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Curious Dancer Podcast. I'm really excited to share this conversation I had with Jana and Abby from the YouTube channel Ballerinas by Night. They also have a blog, and I'll let them tell their origin story to you, but their mission is to empower every age, level, and body type to dance, And they have lots of amazing content on YouTube as well as on their blog for dancers who maybe started later in life who are going back to dance as adults or just are trying it for the first time. I felt very inspired after hearing both of them speak and even more motivated to keep dancing as an adult. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation and let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to have you both. So why don't we start? I don't know who wants to go first, but if you just want to tell me, like introduce yourself, like your dance background kind of is, is like your name, all of that.
1: Hi, my name is Jana. Um, I'm a 36-year-old adult ballerina. Um, I started dancing when I was eight or nine and just took mostly ballet, but I did you know, some jazz and tap, you know, stuff like that, too. Growing up, but always, like, loved ballet, and then um, dance till I was about 15, and then just decided social life was so much cooler than being dedicated to the dance studio <laughs> all the time, so I left uh, dance for a while, but, like, always missed it, um, like, really, really badly, um, and then I joined a sorority in college, and then we did, like, all kinds of different dance things. I remember feeling like nobody here even knows that, like, I consider myself a dancer and it was like this weird like disconnect you know and so um after i met my not yet husband <laughs> he um ran into my old ballet teacher one time and she was like oh i'm doing a summer you know session she should come back and so i just like got the courage and went back and um, i think i was 21 that summer and um haven't stopped <laughs>
2: And I also grew up dancing. I started when I was around eight and I grew up dancing with my mom. She had danced in college, came back to dance. So the first studio I danced with, um, we danced together for years. And then when I was about 15, I decided to go do some higher level training and, I danced with the pre-professional program that was just started at the Alabama Ballet in Birmingham, and I joined the company my senior year of high school, so I danced professionally for one year, and then I went to college for dance, but that didn't last very long. My parents were older, and they were very into the whole, like, you need to make a living, you need to go to college, and dancing in college just uh, after having danced professionally there was just a disconnect between what i really wanted to be doing with dancing and uh so i left dancing completely to just focus on college and did that through undergraduate master's degree somewhere along the way i was like you know really all i ever wanted to do with my life was dancing so i got back into it just kind of recreationally And then after I finished all the school, um, by that time I was married, I had a son who was little, but I was like, the best thing for me to do with my life right now is to try and teach. So I went to New York City and got the American Ballet Theater uh, National Training Curriculum Training and opened a studio. And that was where like, I knew Jana from classes that we'd been in together, but she came to my studio to my adult program. And at that time, you know, we were just kind of battling the fact that there was so little for adults and there was especially not much for adults that wanted to do ballet at a higher level. You know, it was kind of like your standard, like one hour adult class here or there, take class with the teenagers. So I tried to have a program in my studio that focused on adults being treated know like real dancers um and you know like people who wanted to improve and move forward and take it seriously and um i only had my studio for two years because by that time like we weren't making enough money and my son just needed more and more time and attention and i didn't like bookkeeping you know that was after i closed the studio that was when jan and i started getting together in a studio kind of like this just my spare bedroom in my house and we got together and did class and Jana was, you know, the one that was watching YouTube and knew the trends and uh, understood what all that stuff was about. And she was like, you know, I just want more dancing in my life. Like, why don't we start this YouTube channel? And we knew that, I mean, this was see almost, what, 10 years ago now? There just, there wasn't anything on YouTube at that time. You know, there were a few people on there for like teenagers, but there's nothing for adults. And we knew in the world, there was still just a much more limited adult ballet community. And what I had witnessed as a teacher was just a lot of gaps for a lot of adults, either they had danced and were coming back. And it's like, they had all this knowledge from where they had trained early on, but you know, then there were certain things that was like, you know, you got to a certain level and then you didn't know, the next level or they were coming into it at first and it's like well how do you because mentally they can do much more than little children you don't have to worry about them focusing so how do you take them through a progressive syllabus and you know teach them everything they need to know to become a dancer but kind of in a condensed version compared to a typical eight-year training program that you typically think of taking students through so that was kind of how we got to the channel. And I would say in a way over the past year, my focus has shifted much more back to the channel because over time I've taught in person different places. And I kind of got to a place this last year where it's like um, I really wanted to break from that as much as I do love it, but to really focus on, on the channel and, and what we're bringing to people there. So long story to tell you how we kind of got to where we are.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, it was going to be my next question anyway. I was like, how did you start your channel and all of that? So I'm glad you already brought it up. There's a lot of things I want to come back to, but I just want to say how much I relate in terms of like dance curriculum for adults, because I, I kind of, I guess I stopped doing ballet when I was like, when I graduated high school, and I danced in my college dance team, but we did no form of ballet. And then after college, it was like, I wanted to dance. And I always grew up like loving ballet and wanted to go back to it. But it was a struggle to find somewhere where I wouldn't be stuck in like a very beginner class. And so now the studio I go to, it's kind of a mix of those very beginners and some people like me who just kind of like, took some years off and are a little rusty. But I will say that it still is like, I think I'm getting to the point where I want to be in more advanced classes. And it's just hard for me to find that other than like online. But I love being in the studio because like being in the studio is such a different experience and having mirror and getting feedback from your teachers and all of that is so valuable. But I really think there is just like this huge gap in terms of the levels of education provided to dancers that are no longer like in high school. Um, So when you're kind of creating content for your channel what is what are you going for? I think just like
1: to feel like inclusive like you know what I mean you don't want anybody to feel like they don't have the opportunity to learn and to grow if that's what they want to do no matter what age or level or size you are like that you matter as a dancer and as a person and I feel like everything kind of stems from that feeling because we we feel that way personally so we Mm -hmm. want others to feel the same
2: yeah I mean I think there's just a lot of um like I was saying before the idea of a quote-unquote real dancer because we were just talking about that the other day when Jana got her picture shared by Freed
1: by Freed
0: yeah so awesome
2: and she was just like, wow, yeah, you know, that just makes me feel like a real dancer. And I think that's kind of uh, what, from the very beginning, there's this huge disconnect with adults dancing that it's like, well, it's a hobby. It's not really something to be taken seriously. And yet there's so many people like you who, you know, loved it growing up. And, you know, you grow up and you're like, well, I still love it. And I still want to do it. And, but there, you know, access is a problem. Um, money is a problem. And that was certainly one thing when we very first started the channel is I was just like, I never want to charge for content. You know, we make a teeny tiny little bit, you know, just off YouTube ad revenue, I guess, but I didn't want to, you know, be one of those things that like, well, you know, pay this for a package and not, if there's anything wrong with that. That's you know, great for the people who develop those things. But for me personally, I just wanted to make sure that anyone who wanted access to this information could have it because ballet has dealt with that issue of being this kind of, I don't know if elitist is really the right word, but there definitely is a a problem with everyone socioeconomically having equal access. And so trying to just kind of uh, equalize that barrier was definitely a motivation as well. And um, that's one reason why we've been expanding the types of things we're doing. We're trying to do uh, some ballet workouts that are... And I, I think we've moved to where we're trying to provide things that are similar to a performance experience. For Nutcracker, we did a snow workout where it's basic, you know, the steps are relatively basic, but you feel like you're dancing and you can feel like you're performing. And then we just did one for Sleeping Beauty. That's very similar. And we added in um, the contemporary recently, but you know, performance is a whole nother aspect that a lot of people don't get a chance to do. Like I don't get to do it anymore. So how you can kind of go, if all I have is my living room, how can I get the feeling of dancing and performing, you know, especially without, you know, not having to go pay a whole bunch of money and and put a whole bunch of time outside the house, which some people just don't have. If you have young children, that's a, a hard thing to do. We're just a job and life. And Jana's been the backbone behind a business growing. And, you know, so sometimes that's just what, takes priority and I think that's true for you know most
0: adults. I know I guess all of us have kind of been through this it sounds like we're in terms of like taking a small break from dance and so I just want to ask you guys what value you found from taking that break like how do you think that was beneficial to you?
1: Perspective I would say like uh you know what I mean you gain an appreciation for all those little things like if you in class, sometimes it gets really like frustrating. You know what I mean? Like you go and sometimes you feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Why am I still coming to this <laughs> and torturing myself? <laughs> like, but you do, you know, you realize like you really are making progress and enjoying it when it's not there anymore. You start to notice all those things um, that you're missing. And then I think like sometimes the break, um, it kind of gives you like a reset I know like for me physically, even if I take like a two week or a month break or something for the holiday or whatever's happening, um, that reset with my body sometimes is really good. It's like a reminder of like how to initiate certain muscle groups and things Mm -hmm. that maybe just got kind of like tight and hung up, um, over the, you know, months of nonstop dancing. So in the short term, like that's, that's a benefit I think from taking a break. And then, um, long-term, I think the like the mental, part of it long-term is probably the biggest thing depending on what's like what what the reason is for your break you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah I don't have a whole lot to add just you know like I think we try to kind of preach that it's a marathon not a sprint and you know just to always be gentle with yourself that you know if something comes up in your life that you need a break or if just mentally it's just not doing it for you that you're better off to just go ahead and take that and some people almost get like a in a bad mental place over the fact that they're doing that and it's like no just uh you know do what you need to do because it'll be there for you again your body's not gonna go away you know like everything that you've worked towards it you know you might have to do a little bit of work to you know build some of that strength back but it'll come you know it, it doesn't disappear the technique doesn't disappear and so just to always um you know just support what you need in your life rather than trying to make things harder on yourself by feeling bad that you're not you know giving it 100 percent constantly
0: yeah totally yeah, yeah that's a whole thing in itself isn't it <laughs> oh yeah and I think it yeah. kind of ties back to what you were saying earlier about not considering yourself a dancer and how and as soon as you said, think about it as a, a marathon, it just made me think of the other day, I saw this post and they were talking about like, who who should be able to consider themselves a dancer. And it was like anyone, especially if there are people out here who like didn't start running until they were 25 and now they run on the weekends and they call themselves runners. 100%. So why is it that we can't call ourselves dancers even if you take little breaks or even if you're not dancing every single day of your life or doing it professionally. Um, uh, yeah it's just a really interesting concept that we have this like we can't be dancers unless this 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 whereas with any other kind of activity it's like you can be that yeah
1: it is crazy but it doesn't it's not the same <laughs> I don't understand
0: mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. weird I get comments like this all the time and I know that you guys do too um t- about someone saying that they're too old to start dancing even if they're so young, like they could be like 13 years old and they're like, is it too old for me to start? Like, no, go to class right now. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I think. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how do you handle, how do you approach that when someone tells you that? Well, I did a whole video on
1: this on our channel. <laughs> I think I decided, am I too old to dance or something like that? But like my, my answer was just like a 12 minutes of like, no, you're not. <laughs> too <old." laughs> Um, Yeah, I think it's just like, again, you have to put it in that perspective of your lifetime. Like, if it's a 13-year-old saying, I feel too old to dance, like, in that exact moment, like, I understand that you feel like it's the end of the world to walk in and start ballet at that age. But in the span of your life, like, that is not a big deal at all. And tomorrow is going to happen, whether you choose to go dance or not. So you might as well do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it's just kind of, we've been trained to think that, you know, dancing is something that you start when you're three and you do it your whole life and then you retire at 30 and you move on with your life, you know, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be that. It's yeah. Like Abby said, like we're in it for the long haul. Um, and so if we can kind of change how we look at it that way, as the sort of, you know, lifetime endeavor as, as with any other exercise, you know, we have to, you know, stay physically healthy throughout our lifetimes. So, you know, whatever route you choose, to do that with dance can be one of those things.
2: Definitely. And I think just giving people permission to be a beginner as an adult, you know I mean? It'd be the same way as you're saying, running or painting or anything else. You know, if you start something, you're gonna be a beginner and that's okay. And another thing we try and we have a few things that we just try and emphasize over and over and over. And one of them is progress, not perfection that, you know, if this is new to you, or even if you're someone who did it when you were young and you're coming back and sometimes it feels almost more new than if you've never done it in your life. um, That the main thing is just to, to go in every day and focus on the progress you're making, not that you're ever trying to reach perfection and that being a beginner at something is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If You don't start. If you don't take that first step, then, you know, you can never get to the point where you're more proficient. So why
0: not? Mm-hmm. That's something that I've, as an adult, been trying to remind myself is to focus more on the process rather than the outcome. Because honestly, at this point, there is no like tangible outcome for me. Like, I don't want to dance ballet professionally. I just love doing it. So, why am I so stressed about like, looking perfect and dancing every single day? Why don't I just enjoy what I'm doing? And that's not to say you shouldn't set goals and try and push yourself, but. I mean, you just have to put things into perspective. And I think when you think of dance in those terms, like in like a more long-term approach anyway, it kind of just, it makes it safer as well. Cause I think we push ourselves too hard as dancers and it's almost become like, it's like, it's normal for you to have for you see professional dancers that are like burning themselves out they dance every single day they're getting all these injuries and that's what like young people are seeing nowadays like on social media or seeing online um and it's like i think we need to shift the narrative a little bit in terms of safety and just like maintaining longevity and being a healthy dancer
2: kind of goes back to the some of the instagram too that you know to get the likes that you've got to be doing you know these legs in the air and all this stuff yeah. horrible for like especially for young students it's just like stop you know like mm-hmm. just go like you can do a pretty pose without your leg being to your ear
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: not that yeah. I, you know, I think they're amazing for what they can do but I think there's a lot of pressure that they put on themselves you know and push to do those things that I, I agree I wish we would bring that back a little bit
0: mm-hmm Yeah I always like to remind people that it takes like you never know if someone posts themselves doing that beautiful arabesque or they just did like five turns you don't know how many times they recorded that or how many times that they had to retake that picture you know like you never know the behind the scenes and I know people say that about (laughs) social media in general um but yeah you just have to Sometimes just take a step away from from all the social media and think about what you're doing for yourself. You brought it up earlier, Abby, like your house, your setup. I think it'd be great to tell some people, like, talk about your at-home setup, because it's something that I've struggled with, is like, how do you create an environment to dance effectively at home? Is there anything specific that has been helpful, or how have you... <laughs> It
2: partially consists, and luckily I have a husband who's also a workout guy, and we have an 1,100-square-foot house. And, you know, my son's also a dancer, so pretty much every single one of us is, uh, you know, we're always doing stuff workout and dance-wise. So once upon a time, a long time ago, we had a guest bedroom, and when we closed the studio, I said, you know, I really need a space to dance at home. So we got rid of the guest bedroom, much to all of the parents and grandparents' (laughs) chagrin. And it became a dance studio in our spare bedroom. And also our living room is pretty much like, we have very little furniture. Our house is very utilitarian um you know Jana's much better she's got this like beautiful I mean she's the photographer I love
1: my aesthetics I can't
2: help (laughs) it's still gorgeous so you don't have to be like me and like give up the aesthetic but that's just kind of like that's just how we operate and how we function um but for me yeah I just kind of took the spare bedroom I have a, a floor where I have a mat subfloor and plywood and then marley over it and a bar that i built for my studio and then kept with me and um so that's and then like i say we have mats that we put out in our living room just more for like workout and conditioning type stuff um but there's a little bit more room for doing some bigger things but Jana has a really exciting project in the works where she's getting like a legit legit dance space that we're really excited I about.
1: know I'm gonna post about it soon but I'm like I'm like almost well okay I'll back up a little bit first of all I want to say when I my dream has always been to just like have a dance space of my own not necessarily to have a business but I just always have wanted <laughs> a dance space so like you know even as a kid like I made all of my like neighborhood friends like learn dances and we put on recitals <laughs> in my garage <laughs> in the garage you know the door was like the curtain like I yeah. was obsessed and then like yeah after Abby closed her studio and she put in that like studio in her spare bedroom and I was like this is the coolest thing ever like why have I not even thought about doing you know I just assumed like you couldn't make a small space work and it was just like I mean we were so far ahead of the game if you think about coming into 2020 and like Uh we were like prepared for that it was it was insane you know (laughs) like um yeah it's totally
2: totally normal for us (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> sure. I we're like oh welcome to our lives like <laughs> but yeah like she put in that studio and I was like this is amazing like such a good idea and I just I think I never gave myself permission to do that because I'm like oh you just like don't put a you don't utilize you know your home for that it's for pretty furniture and stuff and I was like wait I can do both and so then yeah when she left um Oklahoma and moved away she left me with her Marley pieces. (laughs) And so immediately I was just like, all right, what am I doing in my house? You know, and I live in a thousand square feet, so it's, you know, tiny. Um, And so at first I had just like a little space, like in a corner. And then eventually um, we like swapped our bedrooms in our house and I made the spare bedroom, which was an office. And eventually it's now become completely (laughs) a dance room. There's like nothing in there, but my dance stuff. so, yeah, then I've had that in there for years and years. Um, but, yeah, I just re- recently, um, my father-in-law, on his property, there's, like, a separate building, and they call it a studio because it was built for, like, doing art, art projects and stuff. Um, it's been cleared out. We were almost done clearing it out. It has been a process. Um, but basically, it's just, like, an open space. And I was like, this is... I could really dance in here, you know, and I just thought, you know, it's my father-in-law's place, like, he'll want to turn it into, like, a cigar lounge or something, <laughs> yeah, but, um, no, he was, like, oh, like, use it, like, it needs to be used, so, um, I've drawn up plans, and I have a lot of, like, projects ahead of me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it a dance space, and, um, a filming space, and I'm, like, super excited about it.
0: <laughs> that's so cool, that's awesome, you should, yeah, I'm, You're going to make a video about it, hopefully. Uh, I was
1: going to, we've been talking about it for YouTube. Like, I want to make a a final video on YouTube that's just sort of a get to the point kind of thing, but I want to maybe on Instagram kind of share the more weekly updates or whatever.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see it. So in terms of like going to that first class after maybe you've taken a long break, or maybe you're a complete beginner, whether you're an adult or you're a kid, um, how, how do you get over that fear of like being judged in class or like what, what can someone do before they come into that initial class? Did you guys ever have like any hesitation in that sense? Well,
2: and as a teacher, you know, like I, I it's heartbreaking when you have someone come in that, that you feel like they're really excited about it. And then they come in they are so overwhelmed that like they don't come back after the first class. So you no know, i think the biggest thing i try and emphasize is it might feel overwhelming but you really need to try and beforehand decide that you're going to commit some time you know commit to one or 3 or 6 months because it's just is not going to happen day one you know day one you just have to kind of jump right in and, and just not worry about it and not worry about being judged, not worry about where you are. But every single class you attend after that will get easier and easier and easier. You know, it doesn't get harder and harder. Like it becomes, you understand the vocabulary. But I think sometimes even more than the beginners, it is the people coming back because we have this sense of what we used to be able to do and they expect their bodies to be able to do certain things and to have retained certain things. And if it doesn't just happen immediately, and man, that's a battle that, you know, like i fight to this day. <laughs> and I've made videos about that too, but you know, you just, you want to be back. Like you have this vision of what you were when you were 17 or whatever age. And you know, when you go in and you're not that, and your body won't do it and, uh, and then you realize you've
1: been like using a whole muscle group wrong and you're like, great. I've got to like retrain that area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be a lot. It's such a mental game. I don't know. I don't know what it took me to come back that summer. I think I just, the, the, it was more scary to not do it than it was to do it. I guess it got to that point point. I just like needed it so badly that I just didn't, didn't care. And it is like Abby said, like that initial class that will be the toughest and yeah I hope that people continue because it does it just gets better but like anything that you start new like that first time like a first first day at a new job like yeah it's like a lot <laughs> it's probably not gonna go well but you have to keep going so like and it gets easier um, and you get better and
0: yeah I, I like that idea that you you can't let like one one bad day discourage you from coming back And something that I did that like looking back at first, I was very hesitant because it was like a lot up front, but I paid for like all of my classes for like six months. Well, not all at once, but like I signed up for a contract, basically, that I had this plan for six months of classes and it kind of kept me accountable because then it's like, well, you're paying for this. Make sure that you go. And so even if I have a bad day on Tuesday, I'm still going to come back on Friday and try and get classes in to make my money's worth. Um, I know that that's obviously not possible for everyone. And I think it's just, it's a lot of mind games. I feel like with with dance or anything like this and any kind of new skill, it's so much more in your head than anything. And like you said, it's we, those of us who are coming back to it after a while, we tend to just like, the grass is always greener, you know, we're looking at the past as if like, that's the gold standard we have to hold ourselves to. But um, yeah, just getting yourself through those classes and remembering why you're there and something else is like I try and just be really encouraging when I'm in the the beginner classes to anyone in there that looks like they're like frazzled Mm -hmm. and if they're not understanding the steps I mean sometimes I feel like I'm being annoying because I'm that person that's like trying I'm not trying to correct them but I just want to make sure they understand the combination or whatever because they don't they're too shy to ask the teacher So I'm like, oh, it's this and this. And so I guess also being like mindful of people around you and being supportive because then they'll reciprocate. Yeah, I was going to say, like,
1: I think that what helped me was sort of um, making friendships in class. Like I always kind of, if it feels like the environment is right, like I always try to have little, you know, side conversations. Like, you know, if if you're doing stuff across the floor, sometimes you're waiting in line at the bar and you can make little comments, you know, you can like make friends and the more you kind of like humanize these people in your class sometimes can be so like intimidating they're just they're just focused you know what I mean that's Mm -hmm. just how it gets and but they're just they're just people just like you and so um, sometimes it helps me if I just if I kind of get to know them a little bit um, and then it takes away some of that intimidation um, factor that can come in that you you know that you make up in your head um, yeah (laughs) about it but yeah, I think, yeah, being kind to others in class. I'm always like that too. Just like, just trying to be encouraging, not getting in their way or you know, overstepping, but just having a presence that's supportive. Um, you know, that's a lot to do on top of focusing on your own dancing, which you should be doing. But like,
2: yeah, definitely like the one class a week I take in the studio right now, it's a really mixed group. You know, there's a couple of us that are more advanced and then some more beginners. And, you know, I just, Try to make sure that at some point during the class, I'm always like hyper focused in class. It's almost like a problem, but <laughs> like break myself of that. And you know, like Janice saying, and like you're saying, make sure that um, you know, like I'm just giving some encouragement to the dancers that are you know working to get up to the higher level and that they know, you know, I'm always like, I'm cheering, you know, I'm cheering for you and make sure that they know that like, I'm not annoyed by you. Like, I'm I'm really glad that you're here. Like, even if I'm, when I'm hyper-focused on me, that doesn't mean that I'm like thinking anything of you. And I think that's an easy thing to, to think sometimes because I'll get like that if I'm, you know, in class with people that are higher level than me and I'm like, oh, they're just annoyed that I even exist in their space right now. And I don't think that's really what it is, but it's easy to mentally kind of overthink it and go there. So uh, like, I've tried to work on myself with that, making sure that I'm not projecting that to anybody else. But uh, I think you just have to realize if you're in there that that's probably not what's going on like people are probably just you know really focused on the
0: moment
1: themselves they're not not paying attention to you really yeah
0: (laughs) right and that's such a big thing is like we always think that there's this spotlight on us and people are paying so much attention to us and really it's the complete opposite everyone's just there for themselves and and like I see it as if there's a beginner very beginner in my class I'm almost like inspired by them the fact that they're brave enough to come into the class exactly. and be working towards it and so like on the one hand it's like put yourself out there put yourself into these more challenging situations because you never know who you could be inspiring to do the same and then on the other hand it's like no one is really paying attention to you that much they are not going to be bothered by you and what you're doing and you everyone has the right to be in that class so just yes. come and do your thing mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I've gotten in the really bad habit of like
1: I put up my blinders now. Like I used to not be that way. Like I used to always if you I would watch everybody in class and like know how everybody looked. And now like I won't even like remember. Like I don't even I won't be able to recall how anybody looked going across the floor because I'm just so like focused. I don't know if it's just like an age thing or like what's I happening. I've
0: gotten like that too. I don't know what it is. But I'm like
1: I wanna pay attention, but sometimes I feel like I can't snap out of my own. Head or I will lose the concentration that I need.
0: Yeah. Get
2: through
1: the combo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. Um, okay, well, why don't we finish out, if you guys, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you just wanna share, um, whether it's just like advice or something you've learned over the years? I don't think, it's a hard question. I feel like
2: we've covered really like a lot of the, the basic groundwork. Yeah. Make sure that you're considering going and taking a class that you just
0: go, just go do it. Yeah, well, and if they they can't or they're still nervous and they maybe want to check out one of your videos, tell us everywhere we can find you. Well, mostly you can find
1: us on YouTube, uh, Ballerinas by Night on YouTube. You can just search for Ballerinas by Night. Our channel is actually, the te- like the the URL is you tendu. Um It's <laughs> cute. and then we're also on Instagram under Valerie's by Night and on Facebook and then we have a private Facebook group like a community that um Abby um what's the word admins is that the Mm -hmm. word I'm looking for yeah um and it's been like a really good community people can ask questions and um you know whatever it's a positive group people want to go find that on Facebook
2: and a lot of people that Run resources that run YouTube channels or Zoom classes, post their resources there. And I'm very encouraging for it to be a place for other content creators to be able to promote themselves. It's not just a
0: don't mention yourself if you're not back
2: by night. So it's a good place to come find further resources as well.
0: Okay, cool. I'm really glad you brought that up. I'll have to check it out and I will definitely put links to everything in the show notes so if anyone wants to go check that out they can um but thank you guys so much for joining me today this was great thank you this was fun